Amen. It's a great day, isn't it? It's a great day to be alive, great day to be in church, great day just to worship the Lord, and uh, it's obviously for me uh, an honor to be here with you and uh, just spend the, spend the morning, spend the day. I uh, feel like I've been here a week, you know, uh, so I pulled up about uh, 7.50, Weston was out there and uh, some of the team getting ready, putting up some banners and uh, getting ready for the day. Um, and uh, he's already broken a sweat, so we can officially say it's summertime in South Louisiana uh, because when you can break a sweat before 8 a.m., uh, it's summertime. Yeah, so we have some uh, good things to look forward to. Uh, Karen and I spent many years in, on the mission field in Siberia. And uh, when I came back <clears throat> several years ago uh, from uh, surviving the winters of Siberia, the coldest it ever got there was minus 70 below. Uh, so we moved back to, to Louisiana. My dad has a little oil and gas company up in Shreveport. And uh, as we were just kind of figuring out the next uh, step for us, and I thought we were headed back over to the mission field, I was working with him on one of our drilling rigs, uh, up uh, land rig up in uh, North Louisiana. And it was the summer, if uh, those of you that remember, the summer of 1998. That was the year we had over 100 days that went over 100 degrees. And in the month of May, uh, when it's supposed to be still spring, we had five or six days up in North Louisiana that was over 100. And I just thought, Lord, I survived all those winters in Siberia, and I'm going to die in the summers of Louisiana. But uh, sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? But uh, thank God for his faithfulness. He gets us through, and uh, you know, we will uh, just have to endure it again this year. But uh, no, <clears throat> it's great to be with you. So glad that uh, <clears throat> Pastor Chris and Megan are, <clears throat> excuse me, are able to take a week off and enjoy some time at the beach. And, uh, but I just want you to know, I know that you know this. You have an incredible team of leaders. Uh, you know, yeah, give them a great hand. <clears throat> Pastor Chris, Megan, Weston, Lydia, the whole team, their spouses, the other team members that, uh, you know, really make ministry happen on a week-to-week -week basis here. Uh, they are phenomenal, and the Lord is doing something special. Again, I know you know that, but uh, what you have is not a common thing. It is a very special thing that, that uh, is smart and wonderful and brilliant as Pastor Chris is. It's not of his doing. It is definitely of the Lord. I mean, the Lord is putting together something special. You're already experiencing it, and it's fun just to look out uh, from, from uh, not that far away, but to look from the outside in and just see what God is doing here. It's been an amazing day, and uh, I'm just excited about, you know, service number three. Yeah? That's great. Great, great. I want to begin with uh, a verse out of Ezekiel. It's not the verse that I want to just preach from, but I, I love to think about this verse on a personal basis when I enjoy some time with the Lord. It surely is applicable to us as a congregation as we worship together. It's written by the prophet Ezekiel at a time in his life where he was a refugee. He was uh, uh, held as a slave from, from uh, taken from his homeland into Babylon. And the city of Israel, the city of Jerusalem in Israel had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed. And he was just thinking about the future. 
And the Lord was, was uh, giving him a vision of how the worship would be restored in the future days. And he writes these, these uh, very descriptive words all through chapter 41, 42, 43, all the way. You know, there's several chapters as he's talking about the future restoration of worship in, in uh, Jerusalem. But the verse that I want to get to is very interesting because if you look at it and then you start wrestling for the application, it seems a little interesting today uh, how we could apply it. It says, when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed times, I'm reading out of uh, verse 9 of Ezekiel 46, it says, whoever enters by way of the north gate to worship must go out the south gate, and whoever enters by way of the south gate must go out by way of the north gate. That's pretty interesting to me uh, in the fact of how do we make that applicable to us. Number one is we didn't come through a gate today. We came through a door. And, uh, you know, a couple hours ago I came through that door. And here pretty soon I'm going to probably leave out that door. So many of you probably are going to go out the same door you came in, whether that one, that one, or what other doors you have around here. So how does that verse apply to us? Is the Lord that interested in what door we actually came in? That sounds kind of, uh, you know, like kind of weird if you ask me. Uh, but I don't think the application is found there. It's in the last sentence of that verse that we really find the application for us today. It says this, No one must return through the gate by which he entered but must go out by the opposite gate. Or if you have another version, it would say they must leave different than they came. Are you with me? That's the call of today and the purpose of us coming here. Honestly, it's not so that we can put a little notch in our belt and say, hey, I went to church today, uh, you know, I'm ready for the rest of the week. Nope. The purpose really is that the Lord would do something among us so that we could be changed. Whether it's in our own personal prayer closets or our own daily devotions or surely as it applies to us in a corporate setting coming on a Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you gather, the purpose is that we become more like Jesus. That we change something in us Something is changing that I will not leave the same way that I came. So the Lord gave Israel this illustrated sermon that, hey, guys, when we're done, I don't want you to leave the same way that you came. He gave us that illustration so that the purpose, we would know the purpose is that I'm not going to leave the same way that I came. Can we make that declaration? Can we be obedient to this scripture? Lord, I'm not leaving the same way I came. I may be going through the same door, but the reality is I'm leaving different. Anybody want to leave different than you came in today? Amen. Let's pray as we jump into the Word. Lord, you see our hearts, and I believe you have gave us this challenge and this command years ago, and it's so applicable for us today that we leave differently. May we leave differently. Lord, there's, there's so many uh, questions that are needing to be answered. There's issues in our life that need to be touched. Lord, there's challenges, uh, God, that we need to get over the hump. There's addictions. There's bondages that need to be broken. As we've sang that song, Change Will Fall, Lord, may we experience it in our mental case, our physical conditions, our spiritual issues. Lord, may we see the chains fall. 
May we see again, like we've saying, from the ashes, Lord, the resurrected King is resurrecting me. May we experience change, and Lord, we declare it today already, even by faith. Many of us, by faith, we're making this declaration because we haven't been changed yet, but we're declaring it before we leave. Before we leave, we are going to leave different. We're going to experience change that enables us to leave different in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's our prayer, God. And it can't happen because of a man. can't happen because of a, of a song. can't even happen because of a, of, of, a, of a fellowship outside of our fellowship with you. It happens because you, Lord, your spirit is in this place doing something supernatural. And we ask it in Christ's name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Again, it's a joy to be here with you. My wife is uh, up in Shreveport today, not able to be with us. She sends her greetings. And we, uh, we have two kids. I have a 33-year-old son. He works with us there in the district office in Alexandria. And my 31-year-old daughter, uh, our, uh, uh, she's a school teacher up in the Shreveport area. My daughter and my daughter-in-law are both pregnant, not quite as pregnant, well, I guess they're as pregnant as, as you either are or aren't, so they're as pregnant as Kelsey. They're just not as far along as you, and congratulations just this week, giving birth to number two, and uh, we'll sure be praying for you. For uh, But uh, I do have one grandson and uh, two on the way, but uh, any grandparents in the house? Yeah? Yeah, I used to listen to all you folks, you know, my grandson's three. I used to listen to y'all, you know, three years uh, ago and before, and would think, y'all about half crazy. You know, all you talk about is your grandkids. And so, uh, you know, and then it happened to me. It just happened. I don't know. It's just one day you're not a grandparent. The next day you are a grandparent. And uh, something just supernatural takes place. And all you want to do is, uh, you know, think about my, my daughter. If she sends me a picture of my grandson, it's like, I just, I just want to pack up, go to Shreveport, you know, get him up and uh, hijack him back to, if I could figure a way to make money and take care of him, I, I just would do it. I quit everything, just take care of my grandkids. But uh, uh, they take more money than is uh, humanly possible to make in a year. So I got to figure, I got to figure that out, how I'm going to just afford them. Uh, and two more on the way. But no, it's, uh, it's it, God is good. Yes. And uh, so thankful for our, our family. Today I want to talk to you for a few moments about just from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I know it's, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's a day that we celebrate. It's 50 days after the, the, uh, the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So that's when the Passover would take place. All of that obviously took place during the, the, uh, the, the Jewish celebration of Passover. Fifty days after Passover, they would celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost gets its roots from the word 50. Well, it was a, it was a celebration of the first fruits. The summertime first fruits were, were popping up out of the ground. The Israelis, the Jewish people, would, would take those fruits, the very first fruits, they would come to the temple and just uh, give thanks to the Lord for that. That's really what Pentecost is. But on that year that Jesus was resurrected, we know that he was for 40 days making different appearances. After 40 days on the earth, he ascended, but he told his disciples to go to the upper room. He told them to go into Jerusalem and wait. 
So they waited for 10 days. It's always something interesting because we know from, from a different account in Corinthians that on the mountaintop that day, there were 500 people that witnessed Jesus ascending into heaven. Think with me. Again, I'm not super good on math and not that great on English, as you'll find out the longer I talk. You'll kind of like wonder, where'd you learn English? Uh, so, so 500, though, and we know from Acts chapter 2, how many were in the upper room? 100 and 120. What happened to 380 people? Somewhere along the line between that ascending and going to telling Jesus, telling them to go to Jerusalem into the upper room, which we know was 10 days later, somewhere along those 10 days, the attrition began. I don't even know how many started, but I know how many finished on the day of Pentecost. There was 120 people. And God's Spirit fell on that room, and our world has never been the same. The trajectory of every one of those people in the room was changed, just like you and I's trajectory can be, can be changed as we give ourselves to the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what Pentecost is all about. It's not a one-day celebration. I thank God we're a fellowship that believes in Pentecost every single day. Somebody can say amen to that. You know, we're not a fellowship that believes that those gifts have succeeded, uh, but they continue to move. We continue to operate in the functional gifts that the Holy Spirit is ready to pour out into our life today. I'm going to get to that as we finish up our time, but I want to go back to, to a story that, that happens really a few months before Jesus is crucified. In the beginning of John chapter 10, it's, it's in the winter of the, the months prior to the spring when he was crucified. It was the Feast of Dedication. And he was in Jerusalem, he was at the temple, and he was teaching and preaching as was his custom when he was there. And in John chapter 10, he made some very bold statements, not really any bolder than he had previously made for the last three years, but, but man, he was making statements like, I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd. And it was there in John chapter 10, that's a, a verse that's probably very familiar with you. You know, he said that the the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. So it's in that context that we find this story, and we're going to pick up and read a few verses. But in, in, in that, that meeting there, the, the, the Jewish leaders became so angry because they were really associating that Jesus is saying, they're finally connecting the dots. And like, this man thinks he's God. This man thinks he's the Messiah, and they pick up stones to stone him, and that's where I want us to, to uh, look at John chapter 10, verse 31, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, start from there. The Jews took up stones again to stone him, and Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. There's the accusations there. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. If you jump down to the last two verses of, uh, of that same chapter, it says, Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. And he went away again. Everybody say again. 
Again, I just would uh, refer to that word again because you can't do something again unless you've done it the first time, correct? Like in just a very short time, we're going to go eat again. Meaning, I've eaten already. In fact, I've eaten already today. But I'm going to do it again. So this word right here stuck in this sentence refers to something that Jesus had previously done. Now we don't know how many times that he has performed this very same thing. I, I would tend to believe it happened more than once. But Jesus again finds himself going back to the Jordan, to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. We're not even sure how long he stayed, but we know he's there at the place where it began. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. And in verse, verse 42 is these six words that I just want to focus on. And honestly, it's not even the six words. I want to focus on the very last word. But it says, and many believed in him there. Everybody say there. Many believed in him there. So when I, when I see that, when I see this, this actions that's taking place in this particular location, it just kind of makes me interested. Lord, what was so special about that place? Why did there? I believe that a lot of those folks had, had followed Jesus for some time, but it was there that they came to know him. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I just have three little simple, you know, it's nothing complex about the message today. I think it just should serve us, should serve us as a reminder of what it takes to be a their place. Or if we could put it in our vernacular, how can we this place, how can here become that place where we can see many believe in him here are you with me but let's let's listen to it from two kind of angles or maybe using two ears one ear we can listen to this and these points and we could apply it to you know the context of our local body here because through the church we, you're seeing it, but may we continue to see God do some powerful things so that many, many people could experience Him in the supernatural and find their, their purpose and eternity right here through you. Amen? I know you're here. I know, I know you're excited about that. So with one ear, we're applying this to the local body. But with the second ear, can we apply it just to you as individuals, to your homes, to your houses, really for us in our own personality that wherever we're at, I mean, we're, in, the, we're in, in Walmart if you happen to go to Walmart, if you're, you know, down the street in your neighborhood, wherever you might be at the football game, at the basketball game, we are constantly an environment that is helping people know and experience Jesus. Amen? So, I think this is applicable to us on these two fronts, corporately and individually. So let's, let's take just a, a little brief look at, at, at 
this place and why this place is so important and how we can apply it to our lives. Here's the, here's the first thing that, uh, obviously, it was the place where Jesus was baptized. It was the place where it first began. Now, I realize there's only one person that's ever walked on planet Earth in the thousands of years of human history that doesn't need or did not need salvation, and that's Jesus. Every else, all else, every one of us needs salvation. But Jesus walked on earth, but this particular place on the Jordan represented as he led, as he showed us the way of salvation, it led, it was a place where he made that covenant decision. It, was, it represented my decision to say yes to the will of God. My decision to say yes to the plan of God in my life. That dunking in the water, that place of baptism is what we teach. And those of you that have been baptized already probably have been taught the same that most everyone else is taught. It is a public show of your salvation, of your declaration, of your covenant with Christ. And before we finish today, if that's not been an experience for you that you've had yet, we're going to give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. It's an important place. It's one of those places that, that we can look back. And, and uh, though I was raised in church, it wasn't until my, I was in my mid-20s that I really came to this place. Like, you know, I'm going to quit playing church. I'm going to quit talking about Jesus and really, really begin to follow him. But I can take you back to that one place where I was in my mid-20s that I said yes just, and I meant it with my heart. I said yes to Jesus. This could be that moment for some of you today, but, but as, it, as, as it more than that, there's something about saying yes to Jesus that, that gets us into what I really believe is the first point. It's the place of joy. Man, if you remember that time of really giving your life to Christ for the first, it really should be attached some way to joy. It's the prophet that said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's power in joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The devil knows if I want to disarm you of your strength, what am I after? What am I, what am I uh, uh, initially going for? I'm going to take your joy away. Because if I can get you living joyless, I can ultimately get you living defeated. Because you cannot live in victory and not be able to live in strength. I, I know that's kind of a muddled kind of track there, but it takes strength to live in victory. The devil goes after your victory by going after the source, and the source is joy. David got to this place where he was, you know, living in sin, he had made a mistake. But he recognized the prayer that he needed to pray was what? Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Some of us need to pray that prayer today. A few years ago, I was in Israel for the very, very first time, and uh, I witnessed something that will forever change uh, the way I look at certain things in the Bible. 
But one of the things, I was there at the Western Wall where uh, uh, the Jewish people go to pray. It's very sacred. It wasn't really part of the temple. It's just the retaining wall for, for the, the Temple Mount. But I, I, I noticed something there that was so interesting to me. Uh, bar mitzvah, if you're familiar with the, the Jewish culture, as a, as a child, it's a different name for when the, the young ladies get to, the, to a, that same age. But around 13, the, the boys go through a bar mitzvah. And the name bar mitzvah, the name bar is son, mitzvah is the law. So son of the law. It, it really is the age of which now they become accountable to follow the law. Okay, so they have this huge party, the bar mitzvah, and they're in Jerusalem. You know, we take our kids to Chuck E. Cheese. You know, they take their kids to the, the you know, the Wailing Wall. It's a little more spiritual, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they have this huge party. There, there at the wall, though, it's separated. The women can't mix with the men, so the, the women are on one side, the men on the other. So I was watching these bar, bar mitzvahs take place, and there was multi, multitudes or multiple bar mitzvahs happening at once. And... And uh, these young, young boys, 13 years of age, they were taken to the wall and they opened this big cabinet and uh, there was a big silver container. There's all names for all this, but inside the container was the law, the Torah. And, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about a, this little thing. This thing was huge. But they, the, the rabbi would take this uh, container out and he would hand it to this, this young little boy. I'm going to get down here so I can show you. So just imagine this little 13-year-old boy with this big monster, if any of you are like uh, hockey fans, it's like, like looking at the Stanley Cup trophy, you know, it's like huge. So you got this little 13-year-old boy, and he's, he's, the rabbi hands it to him, and he's got to take it to this table over there uh, by the wall. And uh, all of the men of his life, you know, his uncles, his brothers, his dad, the rabbi, they're all around them. We talk about singing and dancing. These folks are singing and dancing. And they're just, it's a, they're looping around him. They're laughing. They're singing. It, it is, but this, little, this little boy has this, this you know, and he's carrying this, this, this huge law. And he goes over, when he gets close enough to the wall over there where all the females of his life, his moms and aunts, they're over there pelting him and throwing candy. And I'm thinking, look at this event. There's a, there's a, there's a story behind this. There's, 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 a, there's a point to this. How incredible that they've associated the age of carrying the law with so much joy and happiness. Friends, I, I, I know, I'm not, I, I know we're not, not Judaism here, we're Christianity. But when we say yes to the laws of the Lord, yes to the ways of kingdom, it should be surrounded with joy and life. You know, I didn't make it to Louisiana until I was 18 years old back in 1981. And uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, up in little towns in central Oklahoma. Uh, when, I was, when I was young, you know, my parents used to watch on, I think it was Saturday, Saturday night, that, uh, you know, that incredible uh, I don't know that they ever won any awards, Emmy Awards or whatever, but uh, way down in South Louisiana, did you ever watch that show, Hee Haw? <laughs> yeah? Incredible, wasn't it? The talent on Hee Haw, just amazing. Uh, <laughs> but if, 
Now, I'm, we're going we're gonna to have this little fun little, because uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to prove something. You know, sometimes you don't think of things, and if, and if you're, uh, you know, my age or older, it's like you probably haven't thought of this song for 40 plus years, maybe 45 years. I'm going to say a few words. It's going to come back to you. I can promise you. It's etched in your brain just like it's mine. You know, there was this little skiff on there that uh, with guys up on the, the porch, and they would sing, gloom, despair, and... I told you, <laughs> you hadn't thought of that song in 45 years, then it just came back, didn't it? I wish the Bible verses could just come back like that, you know, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, you know, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, you know, that's crazy, isn't it? Here's what's even crazier, I've been to a lot of churches, not this one, but I've been to a lot of churches. You know, that that's like a hymn. You with me? Now, we don't sing, sing it, but we sure act it. Because I'm here and I know that in life it deals us a lot of uncertain sucker punches. But even in the midst of pain and hurt and disappointment and confusion, the Lord is wanting to teach us that the joy of the Lord can be your strength because your joy is not sourced or founded by any external situations or circumstances that this world, Jesus said it about peace, we could say it about joy. The world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. Some of us need our joy restored. The second point is this. I'm going to go to the last two just really quick. The second point, but the first one is joy. The second point is that, that uh, when Jesus came up out of that water, something happened. You can read the original account in Matthew chapter 3. But two times in Scripture it says, Heavens open and the voice of the Lord came in an audible tone. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. It happened there. It happened at that spot. Jesus went back, and he's now again at that one spot. And I'm sure he's reminiscing. He's remembering what took place there. I think that makes that place special because it's a place where the voice of the Lord is heard. And not just a voice of the Lord. I just got through reading Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Lamentations, and Isaiah. And that's taken me several weeks to read that. And it's like, whoo, those are all books about the destruction of Israel. It's like, okay, I need some good news here, you know. And I think if we're not careful in the church world, we'll get focused on some of those types of what. Now, again, it's the Word of God. We need to be very clear about what the Lord, the change that He's wanting to, to accomplish in our life. But... Friends, if we're going to be a place, a person, that people are going to be attracted to, to what's happening here and what's happening through you, is let's, let's be quick to give them, number one, an affirming word. 
You know, we'll, we'll get to the part of what the Lord needs to do and how He needs to change and things that, lifestyles that need to be altered to get to, to we'll, but let's be an affirming word for the Lord. Let's tell people how loved they are. Let's tell people that they're special. Let's tell people that God has a plan for them. Let's be a place that we can give them a word from the Lord. This is what the Bible says. Let's be quick not to give them our opinion, but let's be quick to give them a word. Are y'all with me? I think it's incredibly important, you know? I think so many times the church is known more for what we're against than what we're for. Let's get back to that place where, you know, we can be, hey, this is, this is a word from the Lord. This is what the Lord is sharing. And, and uh, you know, in our second service this morning, there was a word that was given. It's like, you know, it doesn't always have to be exactly like that, where it's a, you know, just a, a supernatural gift of, of discernment or a, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It can just be a simple, just this is the scripture. I just, I just want to tell you right here what the Bible says. You're more than a conqueror. You know, let's be quick to encourage people. And I believe as long as we're that way, we're going to attract people. The last thing is this. Something happened that day when Jesus came up out of the water. Obviously, we just talked about a verse, voice of God was heard. But lastly, you know what happened is that it says the Holy Spirit descended. And it used a metaphor like a dove. Because you're trying to explain something new and something fresh. It wasn't just this standard thing that happened or some normal reg. It was the supernatural event. The Holy Ghost has descended and is resting on Jesus. Now, here's my challenge to us because we are, we are a Pentecostal fellowship. But here's my challenge to you as an individual, for us as a church, not just this church, but of the 200 plus churches that represent the Assemblies of God in the state of Louisiana, is that let's not just be known because we say we're Pentecostal. Something happened that day. They saw the Holy Ghost. Are you, are you with me? They, they saw it. Now they didn't know how to explain it. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's like a dove. It's not a dove. It's like a dove. But they saw the Holy Spirit. They saw Him. That is a challenging thing to me. Because I look at my life, and, and I want people to see the Holy Spirit on Scott Holmes. I want people to see the Holy Spirit on the Assemblies of God in the state of Louisiana. Not just because we say we're assemblies of God. Sometimes we want people to know we're Pentecostal. Follow me, follow me real quick. Sometimes we want people to know we're assemblies of God or we're, we're Pentecostal because they hear the Holy Spirit. <laughs> follow me? They hear us speaking in tongues. But I think there's something even more special not that we're just in name only or not that we just speak in tongues but that people around us see the power of the Holy Ghost evident in our life. So my challenge is, for Scott, are people seeing the Holy Spirit on me? Is people seeing the Holy Spirit on you? Because we can come and have church, you know, we can get the lights right, sound right, songs right, 
But if, if we don't experience the Holy Ghost, we're not going to be a there place. That's where we're at today. So, simple little message, not very complicated. I want to be a here place. I want the New Hope and Eunice to be a here place. God does too. I want the Assemblies of God in our state to be a here place. I want Scott, I want all of us on a daily basis, wherever we're at, to be one of those places that people see Jesus in us and we become a place. We just become that conduit where people find Christ. They get connected to purpose and eternity, freedom, Jesus. I love, I absolutely love these, uh, these four banners on the wall. That's what it's all about. That's it right there. That will make you a here place. And many will believe God. Thank God for what He's doing. But how about what He's going to do if we just continue to be that kind of place? How about that kind of home? That kind of life? Amen? Can you all bow your heads with me, please? Lord, thank You for Your Word. It's not complicated. It's just simple. But Lord, we have to obey it. We have to reach out. We have to obey it. As every head's bowed and eyes closed, I just, I just want to go back to that moment that I referred to a few minutes ago about if you're here today and you've never really made a decision to be a Christ follower. Today, that place for you is a decision that would say, yes, Lord. And it's not because I'm inviting you. It's not because the worship team had the right songs today. You know, the Bible says that no man comes to the Father unless he's drawn by the Holy Spirit. So there's something happening in you. It's like it goes far beyond what I've said or what we've sang. It's like the Holy Spirit is inside. You can't even explain it. it it's, it's what I'm talking about a few minutes ago. Like there's a metaphor. It's, it's like something is just in your insides rumbling around. It's a metaphor because it's something new and fresh that's happening in you. But... You just recognize it. Today is the Holy Spirit drawing you to say, come to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. Maybe you've heard that a hundred times before, but today it's like making sense on the inside. All your sins He can forgive, but you got to come. You've got to accept this invitation to come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Maybe there's one person in this building, if it's just one, it's worth it all that we would take our time today to give you this invitation that every single one of us in this place at some point in time has said in your chair and we've had to make that decision i'm not going to call you forward all i'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand and then we're going to pray and i'm going to invite every one of us to pray the very same prayer from our heart is there anyone in this place i'm going to count to three and if that's you and you know the holy ghost is drawing you and you're saying scott i just want to make a covenant with jesus i want to become a christ follower and for some of you it may be something that you've done years ago but you've gotten away from Jesus you've gotten away from really following him being a disciple and you're going to raise your hand today to say man I want to, I want to get back on track so 
If that's you, you please join us as well. But I'm going to ask you, can you raise your hand? Because there's some folks that are going to be looking for your hand because they have something they want to give you uh, as the service is over in a few moments. So that's the reason we, why we invite you because there's very important information we need to give you. Anyone in this house today say, Scott, that's me. That's me. I need to become a Christ follower. One, two, three. Anybody in this house, just would you raise your hand? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome God. Awesome Lord. Can I invite you all to stand with me, please? Everyone in this house. Isn't it been a great day? Here's three things I want to challenge you with, and we're going to pray. Pastor Wesson's going to come and, and uh, close it out. But here's three things that, that we're going to just take just a moment for you to pray right there where you're at. Lord, some of us need to pray, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Some of us need to pray because it's been a long time since you've really heard the voice of the Lord about purpose and destiny and where you're fitting in the place of the kingdom. And thirdly, it's just about, you know, Lord, would you use me in a supernatural way? My prayer is that people see the Holy Spirit on me because of my actions, because of the supernatural my prayer is that people see the Holy Spirit on me. Are you, are you with me? Does that make sense? I mean, that's a, that's a dangerous prayer. I preached a, a series years and years ago. It's called Dangerous Prayer. <laughs> that, that's one of the most dangerous prayers you could pray. Lord, use me. Lord, use me in the supernatural. May people see see not just hear see the holy ghost on me may people see the holy ghost on this place the holy spirit and may they see him in your life as well amen can you pray with me please can we just just uh, spend a few moments just praying lord there's folks in this place you know the details the situations of life where it seems like the joy has been robbed but Lord, I pray right now today, there are those that are crying out for you right now. Lord, would you restore, restore the joy of their salvation? Would you just begin to move, restore the joy that they once had? Take them back to the place where it all began. Lord, there are those in this place that have kind of lost their way. They love you but they've lost their way. They haven't heard from you. Lord, I pray that they begin to hear a distinct word speaking direction in life. And Lord, I pray that all of us would embrace this next week with a prayer every day that says, Lord, use me in the supernatural. May people see the Holy Spirit in me. Come on, can you just right there take a few moments before Pastor Weston comes and, and uh, just concludes us? Can you just, in your own words right there, begin to pray through some of those points as the Holy Ghost is really emphasizing one or two or even all three of those little areas in your own life? Can you take just a moment and just, uh, uh, just kind of converse with Him? And I believe it will be a special moment with the Holy Ghost in you.